Today on our show, we're counting down the top 10 television shows of all, all time. time. Hit it, Paul. Show me that list again. Show me that list. Don't pick that horror. Baby, here's a rom com. Counting down one, two, we ten. This list is ready to begin. Oh, as long as we've got some dick jokes. We've got the audience right in our hands, Polly, you and me. We gotta be the luckiest dick, as you know that we're assholes. As long as we keep on listing, we can take in and topic comes our way, asshole, week to week. So, my dear, we've got each other sharing the soundboard and board. Yeah, there it is. Welcome to episode 399 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down movies and sometimes television like today mm-hmm. in order of awesomeness. So you don't have to. 399 means the second last episode in the current iteration slash formation slash version of the show. This right. is it. One of the two biggest topics we've been teasing now for nigh on eight fucking years. Which didn't make it any easier, I tell you. We are now going to give it. There's no ruling anything out. If you want to have Wide World of Sports from 1995, Wayne, you're allowed to have that in a list. Sports I'll call you shows. a cock, but yes. <laughs> Sports shows, comedy shows, variety shows. shows, variety shows. What else have we got? Comedy shows, yeah. dramas. I almost put Dave Letterman on this motherfucking yeah, list. That'll be right? fine because it's a TV it, show. It would have counted. So everything. This is as definitive a list as you can get, as close as a snapshot of our personalities when it comes to TV watching as you will receive. Now, despite the fact you'll say the top 10 TV shows of all time on the tin of this episode, mm. we are not claiming these are the best 10 TV shows of all time. We're saying they're our favourites. This is what has defined our TV viewing. It's what made us, helped shape us into the people that we are. So, so you can blame TV, everyone. When you get very, very upset with some of our choices, just remember that little golden rule. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And no doubt you will. Yeah, look, I'm sure there'll be some surprises, but there'll also be some very obvious choices. And this is the thing. I didn't try and get fucking cool no, no. or kitschy. This is straight any of that. You've got to be straight up with this bullshit. Yeah, this right? is a, well, next week's as well. You will hear films next week when we do the top 10 films of all time. That we talk about. That we talk about a lot. So I'm sorry if you're going to hear about Because they're the them. best, yeah? Yeah, they've come up time and again. There's not a single show on my list that is going to be a... Well, there might be some surprises, but none that we've never spoken about exactly. ever before on the show. So look, if you're new to the show, if you Wait in here at the very penultimate episode. Welcome. It's great to have you here. But Thank you for if coming. You, if you're returning and you want to find out just where what falls for the both of us, uh, it's great to have you here. And we're very excited for this one and indeed next week's show. So let's get into it, Wayne. Without any further ado, Word. we kick off every episode with a segment that we call The Recount. Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Actually, we don't have shit, do we, Paul? No, not really, because <laughs> we did guilty pleasures last week. Decided not to rate that against anything else, okay. and so we uh, we'll just sort of move. Let's right jump along. straight in, then. Fuck it. We'll get into it, then, because it's a big topic anyway. We don't need to do it. Let's do it. It's the top ten TV shows of all time. Yeah.
the top 10 TV shows of all time. Is the subject of this week's countdown. We nailed it on the first attempt, and I am more shocked than Kablooey. anyone. And you did such a good job, Wayne. I feel like I should reward you by letting you have reveal your number one last. I sure. am going to start with my number actually 11. So I'm going to do this. Don't ever do this, but I just need to <laughs> I need to give this little ditty a shout proper shout out here. It dropped off my list literally. We've been recording now for about 6 seconds minutes, ago. About 8 minutes ago. 8 minutes. The late show is a pretty good show, Wayne. I think you'll agree. Oh, the the, the hang yeah. on, the um, the Australian late the show. Australian not late the Australian late show with from the the early 90s with the degeneration as they were known at the time. The people have gone on to make the castle and do the project and Whose Other lines things Americans anyway. may not know. Rob Sitch, Jane Kennedy, Santa Chilaro. Some other people. <laughs> Tommy G, all the rest of them. A piss take on the variety show, basically, format with going between sketches and live performances of pieces they've written and sort of some stand-up and everything else. But I should mention, produced by the Australian Broadcasting Coordination, Corporation, ABC. which is ABC, which is actually quite low rent. So Very it's actually low. done. It's, it's a little like the BBC. It's like it's just kind of but lower rent, way lower rent now, <laughs> <laughs> way lower rent. But somehow that gave it its charm. It was absolutely incredible. It only lasted for a couple of years. It's the three best bits of the of the late show DVDs were staples of my collection. I wish uh, they yes. released that shit on four K, but of course they won't because it wasn't uh, broadcast no, they will and not high be doing enough that, Paul, no. and high enough content. But I just want to give that. That love when okay. we say champagne sketch comedy, when we some of the references we still make to this day on on about that show, you know, uh, Ivan Reitman, genius, he's a genius, yes, all yes. that kind of stuff. So I want to give some love to that. Okay, all so right. Paul, chuck it in there. Go on, chuck it in that way. My number ten, actually, which I'm only going to talk about as briefly as well. It's the one reality show on my list. It mm. is the show that I have seen. Oh, I what the fuck? Every single season of it's wow. forty three seasons, two seasons a year since it premiered back. Around about 2000, if not 2001, I'm talking about Survivor. Yeah. The original and best of any and all reality shows. Survivor as hosted by Jeff Probst, who is obviously a bit of a... uh, I'm not sure what the male equivalent of a succubus is, but uh, (laughs) he bathes in virgin's blood every night as well because this man somehow looks... He doesn't look quite the same. You can tell he's aging a bit. He's had work done for sure, but... He's in Hollywood, man. He's a great host. He's very personable, has the right level of kind of encouraging and engaging versus he gets harsh on some contestants who squandered the opportunity to come to the show. Just like, it's not too hard. I want to go home. Let me get this straight. Oh, really? You beat out thousands of applicants to come here and now you want to walk out this door <laughs> like that yeah Sheet. awesome awesome so he just knows when to turn it on and he's very i said he's a great host they do some great challenges they get some great competitors they they live up look it's losing a little bit it's luster now but after 43 seasons i'm surprised this shit is still going son two seasons a year i think maybe missed one or one half a season here or there because of covid when when that was obviously flourishing at its height but still it's, it's- appointment television in my family's household. My daughter's been into it for the last six or seven seasons as well. She obviously loses some of the machinations around the social politics, and but she loves the challenges and she likes picking her favourite to go for. So it is a, a show the whole family can enjoy. Oh my god! And Survivor is is fantastic. Uh, is it the first reality show, Paul, or among the first? It was definitely one of the first. Yeah. So I think that the reason this is the funny thing because like you've got I guess there's things like The Bachelor and Big Brother, which is over now for a lot of people. Big Brother's come and gone. Yeah. Survivor is endured. 
Maybe I wonder if it's because these shows, reality shows, are notoriously cheap by comparison to do. I think Survivor is kind of the exception to that. I think it would be because they, they fly all, the whole production to some exotic fucking location somewhere. They yeah. have to put all the crew and Jeff Probst and whatever up in sort of you know five star entertainment, but close enough that the yeah, they can, can get out to get these remote locations where they yeah. can't run into anyone, and they sort of fence all that shit off. And they're on sometimes they're on little islands. They got to boat out to them all the time. They build these extravagant fucking challenges. Every week, sometimes it's really simple, but a lot of the time it's really complex. When he kicks someone off the island or whatever, does he still do the thing where he extinguishes yep. the flame? The tribe is spoken. Tribe is spoken. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty funny. Um, and for a lot of years, and this, I guess, another reason this made my list is it went beyond just my family, which that's a recent thing. But I watched a, a lot of this with previous previous girlfriend. We watched a whole bunch of the seasons together. But it got popular amongst some of my friends at work as well. And so the three of us, well, at least two of us, who once organised this great big called a treasure hunt through all of Perth for mm. as a work function. We were just making survivor, survivor jokes, jokes the whole way through. Holy shit. And one of the things we say is whenever time, anytime Jeff ever says, you got to dig and like either literally you got to dig mm. or you have to dig emotionally yeah. down, you know, to, into that's a thing. It's such a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's my free <laughs> gift to you, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you do watch survival, or have ever watched it before, anytime Jeff says you got to dig and you are drinking alcohol, you must finish the rest of your drink. Great way to watch the oh show. Oh my! Um, do you remember when reality TV started? In I want to say the early nineties or sorry, early nineties, probably late nineties. There, were, it was very much a water cooler thing to talk about at the time. Big Brother, oh, Big Brother was, was huge. It was huge, and even Paul was like, "Remember this guy? That guy's an asshole because he said this." And, he, and, it was, and it was I watched like, the first season of Big Brother. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think we all did for Australia anyway. But um, I might have missed one or two along the way of this American version of, of Survivor. But I've seen just about all of them. And I've seen every season of the Australian Survivor, which has followed. I have my that that earns my eye because it three times a week, and some of the episodes run for two fucking hours, and I don't know how to edit anything out. The American one is tight AF. They have mm. got it down to a fine art. Yeah, after fucking twenty four, yeah. the forty two seasons, whatever. Yeah. Yep. So Survivor, okay. American Survivor, is my number ten best show of all time. Nice one, nice one. My number ten is a show that ran from. 93 to 2002, and then it got a revival in 2016 to 2018. It is The X-Files. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Bit of a surprise, this one. I'll tell you why. Okay, so this was the first show that I had binged watched on VHS, Paul. Video Home System. Now, it's about Mulder and Scully. I'm sure everyone knows of this, but essentially it's an FBI story. About aliens and I'm shit. I'm going to help you out here with a little bed in the background. Bring it. What is this uh, Mulder and Scully it song by some people? Catatonia. Yeah, it sounds like a dickhole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I remember when this came out. It was a piece of shit. How dare you. <laughs> Big fat piece of shit. Catatonia. They did Road Rage. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway. That aside, this show... <laughs> Way not approving. <laughs> hey, Moving on. Uh, it sounds like... Uh, well, yeah. So it's about... Yeah. I mean, you all know what The X-Files is. What happened with me in this show is that I remember taking time off work to watch most of the episodes. And remember, this is back before Wait, you who's had... Who's a <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm any better. Actually, I am better than that song. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and I borrowed my friend's video collection of this thing, which was a box set of VHSs. And there were so many episodes, you couldn't fit them all on VHS. No, so, they'd have three episodes per tape. Yeah, so you'd have to have this thing. And I actually sat there and watched them because I had time. <laughs> From morning to night. Spoken just, like the perennial bachelor he is. Absolutely. And I just did it the whole time. And I remember actually becoming part of that world. I used to wake up in the morning and go, 
wow, what is assistant director Skinner going to think today? That's how I know. It was a sad life, ladies and gentlemen. But it was the first time that I had come across a show like this. And it's, and I think it had a very big reach, this show. Oh, yeah, it was Because massive. everyone was big on it. Now, the actual show itself, um, running for as long as it ran, I then went to the first movie that happened after it, and that was a great movie. They then sucked more and more dick as they went along. And then there was the, only one more movie, wasn't there? Only two movies. I want to say two or three. There was Fight the Future was the very last one, I think. Anyway, yeah, it was one or two. But like the first one was really great. And then they started it again with a with a, they redid the show for a couple of seasons. I never watched any of those, so I couldn't tell you anything about that. The new is two thousand the twenty sixteen. Why did you get back into it then? If you if you loved it so much, and I believe the magic is gone. It's another show that like for example one of my one of my honorable mentions is Will and Grace because I think it's one of the cleverest comedy shows ever. Okay. They rebooted that and I never watched it, so I think it's just a time and place kind of thing okay. but I love the X-Files I love the idea of Mulder and I thought assistant director Skinner give me hope as a man who was going bold <laughs> I was like well this guy's kind of beefcake <laughs> so yes uh, the X-Files my number 10 ladies and gentlemen yeah okay I'm a little surprised didn't know you were that much into yeah, it yeah I, I had to think about this because there's a few you kicked off here and you'll hear it in my honourable mentions but yeah yeah obviously we had to, you had to jettison a lot out to do this particular list but I think I just love the fact that will they won't they yeah, and it they really, they, really they, they strung that they one out. out. Oh lord! And they only put a load in her. Time. Yeah. All right, my number nine is a show which I award whether it should get on this list or not. Mm. It was originally my twelve, then it was on my eleven, yep. and then today, six minutes ago, when I knocked off the late show, or now more like eighteen minutes ago, it snuck back in there because the first three seasons I think of this comedy show are among the finest writing for a comedy show ever. Coming from Dan Harmon, I'm talking community. Uh, I knew this would be here. I, like I said, it was very close and it's on, it was off, it's on. It's on, it ultimately, because of those three seasons. If I took it as an overall show and went, okay, five seasons worth, probably not. And that's why it dropped to my 11, 12. But then I went, you know what? The first three seasons for me are some of the only, and there's another show on my list that did the same thing, show which made me laugh out loud uncontrollably mm. by myself. Yeah, you know rarely that shit happens. Oh no, it hardly ever happens. Especially yeah. for me, who's not a big, certainly Who movie has... comedy guy. Absolutely not. So... For you to actually laugh uh, is is like a normal person laughing, you know, four times. <laughs> so <laughs> takes four four times four more. times as much shit to forget Paul laugh. Uh, now I agree. But, but this with show you. set at a community college about a bunch of adults who are coming together to do whatever particular degree or certificates, or whatever. And Jeff Winger and as played by. Joel McHale, and then we got you know Alison Brie and Chevy Chase and Donald Glover and the dude who played Darbed. I can't remember his name. Danny Purdy, sure, per, something or other. I have not got my notes clearly here. What's the girl's name? Me. The blonde girl, Jillian, someone? No, Jillian Jacobs. Jillian Jacobs. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Also, big fan of hers too. Yeah, Britta in the show. Britta. These people and Yvette Nicole Brown as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all come together. It's just a perfect blend of these characters who bounce off each other so well. Some of the things that, if you've never watched Community, which I will now recommend to you, the first three seasons, Troy and Arbed in the morning. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Troy and Arbed in the morning. morning. That I laugh at. So so funny. Uh, <laughs> and the madness of those jokes around that. Just them looking at the camera and shit, and then like and then Jeff no walking one there. in, going, "There's no one there." Yeah. Who are you looking at? Who are you talking to? <laughs> pretty pet. funny. Pretty yeah, funny. Very good. They get we got the Halloween episode every season, which was always fucking hilarious. And that was this was that show. Dan Harmon, and he, he now works obviously on Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. His genius is he knows how to, to make a joke which is, huh. but then 
when you make references back to it later in the meta-ness of it all, it gets funnier and funnier and funnier. I must admit, I know that there's a celebrated community joke like that, which comes back to bite you like years later. Yeah. And this is just one of those shows, and there are many like this, that I know are good. And I saw like probably the first season or two, and for some reason I still I fell out of it, and I just never got back. I do plan on getting back to it, but I plan on doing a lot of things. Yeah, sure. So right right there with you, and then we get also the paintball episodes, which were infamous in terms of being absolutely awesome and different riffs on different kinds of western and Star Wars. Really? Yeah. Then there's the documentary episodes, which you know building pillow forts and the competition between the two groups that form. The Dean, how awesome he becomes through the course of the show. And of course... I probably should get along to this. A guy who who I don't love, typically the guy from, from The Hangover, Ken Yong. He's, oh, yeah. He's kind of the villain of the show. He gets, he's the Dean or whatever? He's not the Dean. He's just one of the teachers there. Oh, okay. And he becomes at odds with them all and really hates Jeff Wigan because he's whole handsome and, and beautiful oh, yeah. and everything yeah, else. Yeah. So but it's just a great mix of characters with some awesome character-based humor that then transforms itself over time into, oh, wait, here's some callbacks and whatever else to this, that. The darkest timeline storylines are fucking phenomenal. A little bit of uh, preview for Rick and Morty stuff right there. So community, the first three seasons, is why this makes my list. And that's a good point to make. Uh, a lot of the shows that we talk about here, like not all shows are good forever for its entire run. But it's about the impact they had on you when they it were is good. very much. Well, I, I guess think... X-Files for you would fall in that category because otherwise it wouldn't make your list because the last reboot of it didn't, exactly. didn't, you haven't even watched. Yeah, so this is the thing. It's like, what, how you know, was the longevity show a factor? Possibly, but you probably doesn't affect your love. There's an argument to say either way. I've got some very consistent shows in my that are great from beginning to end yeah i've got shows that built and got awesome and then ended on a high and i've got other shows that fell right away right at the end you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly things that happen um okay nice one my number nine is i wondered about putting this on as well but it became this way because of what it meant to me. Batman, the animated series. Ooh, yeah. hot damn! Not, not really one. hot damn, this makes sense. No, it's a hot take. I mean, like, this is... No, um, people love this show. Well, yeah. You're, you're like you... one of the biggest Batman fans ever. Yeah, pretty much. And this is the thing. The styling of this show and the way that it's written and the actual... There's an episode of this show... By the way, Kevin Conroy has recently deceased. Was rest the, in peace. Rest in peace with the voice of Batman. And a lot of people call him the best Batman, but, you know, it's a voice actor. I get it. The way that this film thing is filmed, I guess filmed is the word, created, is that the style of the show is almost like everything is 1920s style. But the actual plot itself is, in terms of how a show is written, what it does for a supposed cartoon kids show, and makes it amazing to adults as well. It's just gorgeous, and it is full, and the storytelling is succinct, and it's really... um, just really true to the Batman mythos, right. and it's probably the most consistently faithful Batman thing. And I think you said Danny Elfman did the theme for this as well. Is that yeah. right? Well, they just took the one from the Batman movie and Batman. stuck it in there, which was a great fucking move because it just gave you everything. So there's a there's an episode of this one called Heart of Ice, which is about the Mister Freeze, which sounds like it might be stupid. It is. Um, I would, well, it say would be if I was watching. It was involved. It would be, but this <laughs> one is. Uh, I would say it's if this was a, if that episode was a movie. It would absolutely be Oscar worthy. It's so amazing. I'm telling you. Oh shit! I'm telling you. To check out Heart of Ice is the most poignant kind of like about a man just missing his wife, and he kept her on carbonite and kept her frozen, and he's just trying to get carbonite. Back to carbonite. <laughs> yeah, that's. 
<laughs> but it's it's really sweet and amazing, and it's the, the, as close as I got the first time I saw it to throwing in with the villain, saying I understand why he's like this, and that's a cartoon for like a twenty minute, 20, half an hour cartoon, amazing. Nice. So, All right. No, one I've, guy. I've seen snippets here and there. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever sat through a whole episode. Just missed. sure, sure. I get it. So it's it's a specific. Apologize for not being able to add much to that conversation, but I know how much Batman means to you. Oh yeah. My Rise is a show which will not be anywhere near your list and you have openly derided it. When you were away getting your hippo operated on in year one or two of the show, yeah. I had Nick, epic film guy X, and now current owner of Nikolai's Kitchen come on and we did, every week we did a countdown attached to this show. Such is my affection and love to it. Love for it, I should say. I'm talking about Lost. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think there will be probably an even split of people who listen to this. Some will go, yeah, that's absolutely fucking right. Absolutely. Paul. And yeah. some will go, exactly what you said. Get fucked. Lost. It had a, um, the following, because look, I was in on this show for a lot of the seasons and then I backed off for what seems like a, a, a successive seasons. And then the very last season I watched with my then girlfriend and sort of liked it until the fucking end. And I was like, what's this? And then it became a bunch of things and... You know, I I understand. Please tell me what you loved about it. I will agree. I think as much as Damon Lindelof and J.J. Abrams and the like argued till the cows came home that they had mapped out the the end of this show from the very beginning and I think the way I read once they were describing it was like, we're kind of, it's like driving across the States and we're starting in New York, we're finishing in LA and we've got some major stops along the way but the rest of it we're making up as we go. Totally look like it. So like, oh yeah, we know we need to hit that by this point and that by this point but... In between, we can go where we want to go. And that's that's the way they describe the writing of, of this show. I'm not sure that lends itself to a coherent storyline as well as good. But what this show excelled in, and I don't think you can find these episodes unless you go right back on our website, but what Nick and I argued till the cows came home was the characterizations in this show are probably among the best ever for as large a group of characters as Lost created and gave to us. Uh, sh- yeah, look, definitely, like, look, essentially, I, I, I viewed it like a soap opera at a certain time. I was sitting there looking That's at it. That's a bit like harsh, that. because it's got mm. those fantastical elements, and, and, and it's not like it veered down soap opera territory too much. Yes, Kate was going back and forth between Jack and Sawyer. And, and it was never like. cheap in the way a soap opera yes. is, but it was meandering in the way a soap opera sometimes was, on at times. It at is times. probably the greatest TV pilot of all time, this, that double episode. To my mind, I can't remember when we did that. Episode. I do remember. I do remember seeing it. Absolutely being incredible! So cinematic, so f- big budget, and so wow! And what's all this shit? Fucking what's that thing in the jungle and smoke monsters and fucking Greg Grunberg's been killed and he was the pilot. And, oh my god! And it was so mysterious, and interesting, and it really built on that. And I think that's the thing that really appealed to me: the mystery of it all. Did it answer all the questions? Did it answer them sufficiently enough? No. Did it answer enough of them? Yes. So the numbers meaning nothing at the end. That's Argu- what got me. Arguably, yeah. That's what got me. Yeah. I was sitting there going, so just nothing about the fucking numbers that appeared everywhere? What the fuck? Michael Giacchino's score is probably the best in television history as far I'll as I'm concerned. I'll take your word for it. Yep. But, uh, you know, the, the smoke monster. Yep. They did explain that, right? Eventually. It was some sort of bio-weapon that Linus had somehow yeah, controlled. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, but it was always well, a bit like, what the very fuck was that? loose. Yes, that very was what gave me the shit. I wanted an actual answer, damn it. Yeah, so, yeah you if know. you want answers, probably Lost isn't for you. If you want... Rich characterizations and look, I don't know if I mm. I don't love the ending, but I get what it was going for. What I love is the journey with those characters along the way. I think the thing that pissed me off, right, is that if they say, Okay, we wrote this ending where no matter what happens to all the characters, they all died and they turn up in this motherfucking church. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's not like if that's what you had at the start with, then I don't know how this got greenlit. So <laughs> I would now like to answer that. 
God. On behalf of all Lostonians out there. Please. You cock juggling thunder cunt. Yeah, suck a dick. Shut up. Suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my number eight, Lost. All right, nice one. My number eight, ladies and gentlemen, is Veep. Veep. Yeah. Again, can't add to this conversation because I've never watched a single right, but let me tell you, though, moment. I know you've said it's vulgar and Julia Louis-Dreyfus and is playing the vice is, president is amazing and amazing. She's won Emmys and I get it. Okay, so over to you. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, yes, it is the uh, it is about the White House. Selena Meyer being played by Elaine from Seinfeld is learning on the job to be the Veep. And again, this is one of those shows that it's very, okay, biting satire. I'm usually not that kind of like highfalutin kind of like nose in the air type critic, but... The fact that it is good at its social commentary, but is really rude, really, really rude, and in an extremely funny way. There's your insight. Yeah, it makes it really work. I said this, for the years that this thing went from 2012 to 2019, it was, to me, always the funniest show on TV for its, like, kind of rude genre type of humor. There are other cleaner shows which are equally as funny, but this one here is the one that I always, you say appointment television? Absolutely. Fair enough, yeah. And I, I actually once was ill, as in like was sick home from work or whatever, and I watched every fucking episode back to back just to... Just How long to was this show? How many years is this show going for? Like, like fucking nine years, whatever. No, and no, you no, watched no. it all in like... The half hour episodes. Two two days, just, just watch Not two days, I was, I was sick for a week. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> but I just let it run and I was like, you know what? Good. Was this it while you were gaming, playing something else? Nope. Uh, no, I was so sick I had to stay in Insight, bed. Insight, ladies and, and gentlemen, <laughs> I came into the show today <laughs> to record today. I had some fucking YouTube comedian playing on, on the right screen, left screen. He was playing Spider-Man. I'm like, with Spider-Man's <laughs> volume down to nothing and just listening to the comedian, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's what I do. It's like, I need this activity. I'm definitely ADHD. Fucking hell, <laughs> <laughs> But yes, uh, Veep, if you haven't given it a try, people, I say give it three episodes, and they're only half hour long, so... You know, not a big yeah, investment. I'm, I'm probably up for that now. I think wife and I have just finished another great show. Not on my list today, not even on my honorable mentions, but Barry, very good show. Oh, yeah, Barry's great. Barry's yeah, good show. Finished, watched all three seasons now, so ready for the final season. Another half hour show. Season four coming. Yes. And Jonah, the character in this, which is the person that everyone hates, they've actually employed an actor whose face is hateable uh, immediately. Sorry, I got to get it back to your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Like that, it, the, the gags they make on him are just next level. Apparently, the writers go out, look at this actor, and then write down a bunch of insults, then go back and put it in the show. <laughs> and he says it's quite hard to maintain your, your self-confidence. <laughs> but yes, worthwhile. Veep, everyone. Give it a try. Excellent work. Well done, sir. I'm glad you're championing that. Maybe we'll give it a shot. Like I said, I'm looking for that. Another show which makes a lot of lists, right? Have you ever watched it? Parks and Recreation. I have watched it, and I have sort of enjoyed it. I like the Rob Lowness of it all. I like a few other things. It just never got me. Just season one apparently bag ass. I've just read so many really? articles saying to start season two. Oh, really? Because that's where they find it. Feet. You'll work it out within two or three episodes, and then you just you're flying. Don't worry. You know about what it is? It's that that format that the office format. The office format. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to take serious at the time. Park and Recreations came to my view. It's like, oh, this again. You mm. know, this is the documentary format thing. I don't know, but it, it still works on some things. And often rates higher than the office. Is that so? I say rates. People ranks, love ranks fucking the office. Yeah, I know. I know. Is it on your list? No. Okay, no, not on my list it's either. It's not on my list, but it is in my honorables. Yeah, the office, um, US office is great for the Steve Carell years. Yep. I have actually loved it when I've seen it. Yeah, uh, look, and I know they're not as good after he leaves, but the back end of it's not that bad. Still enough going on. And, the, and they've they've built the minor characters up so well by that point in time that they help do the Ed heavy Helms, lifting yeah. that Ed Helms can't do. No, he can't do that. And then even Ed Helms disappears, and then we've got fucking James Spader stepping in. And, oh, really? Yeah. 
Huh. James Spader is briefly the boss of the office. So. I like James Spader. Okay, there you go. All right, that's your number eight. My number seven is a show, Wayne, that we bonded over initially. I don't expect to be on this because you've said this is a time and place thing and it doesn't hold up now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you're entirely 100% right, but it has such a fond place in my life. Not because we helped bond over it, but because when I watched that show, it's the first comedy I ever got into. It's the first comedy that I ever... Really? Thursday nights was like, oh, fuck yeah, that and Wings and whatever else was after it. Oh. It was like this four, a two-hour block of four comedies. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, damn, come year 10-ish, year 11. And yeah, Even in year this? 12, was so excited. Cheers. Cheers, baby. Cheers. I'm, I'll never rag on you for putting this on here because I loved Cheers. And it was probably my first foray into... I own... Well, I owned because I think I gave them all the way on the front verge about a few months ago. I owned DVD? like five seasons of Cheers on yeah. DVD and would occasionally, again, once the show started, you're all about watching new content to try and give things back to the people that are listening. Mm-hmm. But before that, I would regularly put on random Cheers episodes, ones I liked yeah. or a, a, an arc in a season that I really enjoyed and just watch that shit. Because the skill or the, the strength of Cheers is... Yes, Ted Danson is great mm. as Sam Malone, mm. the owner of this bar in Boston, which you know everyone comes to yeah. and you get to know the, the denizens and the barflies. And can I just say very quickly as an aside, mm. this is not the way barflydom works. <laughs> we have, between you and I, Wayne, almost mm. not quite halfway, but a little bit closer to my house than to yours, we have a, a hotel where mm. on the odd day off, I've wandered into the mm. Broken Hill yep. to meet up with a friend yep. for a drink or whatever else it might be. And it's all, well, there was, because I'm pretty sure they're dead now. For a few years there, there were the same dudes who are don't look well. Probably look a bit more like norm, norm. than they do anybody else, mm. but who aren't making witticisms like norm would, no. and aren't clever like norm would. But it's nah, darling, yeah. I'm like that dude's here again. How the fuck on the three? Maybe he thinks I'm him. You know, what maybe the- he's only three times he's been in here. He thinks I'm the barfly. You know what? Exactly. And <laughs> that's not, I guarantee you that's not the case. But that's the funny thing. Bars love those guys yeah. who are regulars because that's their income, right? Yep. So, uh, the, yeah. Well, one funny thing about Cheers is like there's very few episodes about, like, no one ever says, who's, who's, who's the, there's a designated driver episode. But all these people who sit there drinking all day have no problem with just driving home. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the timeline, right? No one mostly cared. in the 80s and the early 90s. Dude, in the 80s, my parents didn't own, didn't, didn't fucking wear their seatbelts. Uh-huh. I know it's a different time let's get away from that sort of yes, side yes, of it to please. say but the richness of these supporting characters yes the norms and the Cliff Clavin no one likes Cliff Clavin but geez he was funny oh yeah just the way he would he would rag on Frasier of course we get such a spin-off show out of that and, and his wife Lilith absolutely amazing characters Rebecca Howe when she comes into the show that's where I started watching Woody Harrelson like, Woody is Woody. Woody is Woody, man. Woody, these are so funny, these characters, and they bounce off back and forth. So many quotable lines, so many hilarious episodes. I think that the the thing that got me about Cheers is that, honestly, it felt like a warm blanket. Because, like, yes, I had liked it initially for all of the gags that it did and stuff, and stuff like that. But then when it became, like, this show that I just watched and watched and watched and watched, each character felt like someone you knew. And it felt, even the, the tone of the humor was familiar because we had watched it so much. And I'm so glad you got into it when I said you got to check yeah, it out. Yeah, man, you, you absolutely put me onto it. I did get into it. And that's why it still remains warm in my heart, though it's been a long time since I sat down I and watched it. lots of it. episodes. Cheers is my number seven. A nostalgical and a good one. My yeah. number seven is 30 Rock. <laughs> a show that I tried to get Paul yeah, into. Tra- and this, this, is one, one this one failed. This is one of the times I failed, okay? Now, 30 Rock is essentially about a comedy show, not unlike SNL, 
but they have, they call it the girly show. It's a different story, and it's set in Thirty Rockefeller Center, and it is about the writers and the actors on the show. Tina Fey, Kenneth, the page. I don't know his actual name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Scott Adsall. People like that are in this show. I actually this Tracy, is one, Morgan. I Tracy Morgan. I can't. I can't do him. I understand completely. Here's the thing, Paul. Won't do me either. But anyway, no, no. Tracy Morgan. I fucking hate. I, like I just do not like him. He's not funny. He's not funny. His stick doesn't work for me. However, I will tell you this: Tina Fey's writing is so tight. When he's not playing Tracy Morgan, and in fact playing Tracy Jordan, which is his character on the right. show, he is funny. But Car- Tina Fey has actually said, "Oh God, you know, like it's so hard to actually get him to do the line I want him to do." So I think that would have been tough. Well, a bit of acknowledgement within the ranks of him being absolutely. Right. She's actually said that, and um, and I should not, of course, mention. Alec Baldwin. Yes. Right? Before well, we started capping people, well, he was like, <laughs> well, hang on. I think I've got the right soundboard here to, to help you out. I stand resolute, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, see now, Alec, Alec Baldwin. Alec, one man's got your back. One man has your back. <laughs> he's the shit, man. And he's so funny in this as Jack Donaghy, the CEO of whatever, right? And we, one and we man him. says you're the shit. What reference are you making? I'm not getting it. <laughs> Are you just making something up? <laughs> I'm just doing like trailer guy oh and how my. much you love Alec oh, Baldwin. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, and you know what? 30 Rock was so good. I remember having this, this thought once. I thought, you know what? To make myself a happier man, I need to somehow not watch 30 Rock for a year and then have a year's worth of episodes and watch them in one fucking afternoon. One reaction. This what? is the dumbest <laughs> shit anyone ever said in the history well, I'm of it. Saying I don't that, think I'm like, exaggerating. I, I, yeah, I needed a, a way of like so maybe there's some vault somewhere of unreleased episodes that I could just watch because <laughs> it totally made me happy on a level where I could just be One happy. Man One thinks man thinks there's a vault of episodes to just fair, for him. To be fair, I think Tina Fey is the heart and soul of that show, and I didn't. I never seen it before. Mean Girls. But she's been an SNL writer for years. So this is her writing. Work. Very she talented. Knows. Wonderfully talented person. Yeah. So it's a, it's an amazing, amazing show. But this Apart is from the... Best into the Muppets. Is that what she did? She was in the second, second Muppets movie. Playing the, playing the villain. Oh, really? That movie sucks. To be fair, all That's of her... That's for you, Julio. Most of, her, <laughs> most of her movie shit, like the one she did with Steve Carell, that sucked. But yeah, Mean Girls I liked. So yeah, who knows? Mean but Girls yes, a good film. Yep. 30 Rock is the tits, everyone. I love it. Very nice. Okay. That's your number seven. Over to my number six. I'm going old school again. Sure. A show which, a little bit like your X-Files, this is also another sci-fi show, has Mm -hmm. survived a long hiatus and then a relaunching. But because of the nature of the show, with none of the same people, but yet the same character. I'm talking Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who is the best show I loved in my childhood. Same with my sister. Oh, my God. It was often on at 6.30 on the ABC Mm. and... I just watched every episode every night. It was on five nights a week. They were, you know, by that stage, I guess for me, when I got into it, it was like 84, 85. Yeah. Most of the episodes I was watching were back from the 70s. You know, the Tom Baker Tom and Baker the John is, Pertwee. He's years. the guy I always think of. When Tom I Baker, absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah. I got Pete Davidson by the time I was getting into it when he when he regenerated into him and then... Into Not a, the Pete Davidson. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the show very well, Paul. Peter Davidson. <laughs> yeah, okay, got it. And then Colin Baker. I think Sylvester McCoy was the final Doctor, I think, before it kind of fell off a cliff and that was the end of it. Uh, okay, so what happened? Or maybe it, it was Sylvester McCoy and then and Colin Baker. Whichever one it was, way it was. 
nowhere near as good in the 90s. But that heyday of, for me of the 80s, call it 84 through 90, uh-huh. I watched that shit all the fucking time. I really? was a sci-fi nerd. I loved all that shit. It got, had some horror episodes occasionally. The Literally, the horror at Fang Rock remains my favorite series. Usually, the episodes were four episodes. So, you get like a two-hour story. And it didn't bother me when I was that young how cheap and nasty looking it was. Oh, we didn't know. because you, yeah, Exactly. You just didn't know. But then you get so enamored and charmed by the Doctor and then his various and rotating companions. And sometimes the show is brave enough to kill off a companion or two. That's fucking awesome. Cause now that's his offsider, right? That's, like yeah. his Billy Piper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the new iterations killed off anybody. I think maybe someone got trapped in time or a different dimension. And I did get back into it when it started. I watched the Christopher Tennant one year and then morphing into David Tennant and Matt Smith and they were both really, really good in the role. But overall, I, I think back of my real affection for the show is Tom Baker and those years. The horror of Fang Rock, the best ever. Every so often it would be a six episode series so you had to wait till next fucking week, man, because it wasn't all nicely contained. Within. Wait, I don't understand. A six episode series that you had to wait the next week. Because it was once a night, five nights a week. Oh, really? Yeah, so if it was a six episode one and it did start on, and maybe... I think, oh, you would have wait till Monday? Yeah. Shit, really? How long? Maybe it'd be running from Monday to Thursday now that I think about it. And How long then are they? Half an hour. Half really? Hour. Yep. Done. And are the new ones like that as well? New ones are longer. New ones longer. are more like uh, hour episodes, but oh. they're, they're self contained adventures. So rather than it being, unless it's a double episode, but. Yeah. They are just a sort of one hour boom done. That's that's solved. It's funny how because I remember when back in the day when my sister used to love it. I used to hate the ding 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 ding. Oh, love that shit. Yeah, I hated that bit, and I was like, oh, I didn't like that. And then the Daleks gave me this shit. Like, the Cybermen are my favorite. Yeah, villain. see, that's the thing. Love I think you shit. either like it or you don't. Yeah. But it's funny how the newer ones are quite a springboard for these new actors like Matt Smith and David Tennant mm-hmm. and all these folks who actually become something quite different now. You know, so it's um yeah cool. I liked Billy Piper too. <laughs> sure, you did. So Doctor Who. Yes, low budget, but what an incredible show out of the UK that uh, absolutely contributed to my, I guess, my development in terms of creativity and ideas and yeah. space and horror. And yeah, my my genre leanings are largely, I think, due to this show. So Doctor right. Who is my number seven, six. Admittedly, I, six. Thought, <laughs> I thought the TARDIS was cool because it's bigger on the inside. What a great idea. Yeah. Time, relative dimension in space. Oh, really? It was a fucking, I didn't know it was an active. There you go. Uh, oh, right. Well, my number I six. I hope that's right. <laughs> uh, who knows? My number six is a show that I talk about a lot, so I'm not going to crap on about it, but it contains uh, whom I call the the Appalachian James Bond. <laughs> it is, of course... Justified. Justified. Raylan Givens playing a U.S. Marshal who was started in... He started in Miami, but he reluctantly gets reassigned to the Kentucky Field Office, and that's where he's from, and he's very, like, you know... He's basically a cowboy, but it's set now. So he's going to a Glock. Work, explain this to me. Try and give it to me in a two-minute synopsis. Why is Justified so good? Thrill me. Okay, here's why. Long story short, two words, Raylan Givens. That character is the center of everything, and I have probably... I would struggle to to try and compare him with any other TV character who manages to pull off the things that he does. Case in point, he's wearing a 10-gallon hat, and it's fucking like light-colored. No one should really do that. I've been to Dallas and no one wears that fucking thing. Like, no one wears a fucking 10-gallon hat, but he does it. And they even make mention of it in the show. And it's like, yeah, he just, he's got to just put it on under fit. Secondly, yeah, it's his coolness that drives the entire show. Because things that happen to him would would break any normal man. But he literally gets through shit by being cool and fast. (laughs) Cool and fast, like he he draws on and like he's like he's like Malcolm Reynolds a little bit in that he just pulls and fires and 
somehow gets it right. And not every single time, but the, the struggles are real and you get it each time. Okay. I would say that, and also Walton Goggins, I should say, the bad guy that plays off him, they're this perfect the bad guy through pairing. the whole show? Yeah, okay. through the whole show. I mean, there are there's separate like seasons. Where there's a different, but he's always there. And those two playing off each other is as close to a Batman Joker kind of thing, that, which is contemporarily set because Walton Goggins is so weird and so... Quirky and fucking like, ping, 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 ping. he's fucking like, you know, he's like, having never watched the show. He was on Sons of Anarchy, and I'm pretty sure he was playing this cross dressing kind of. I believe so. I think he's actually quite versatile. Yeah. Uh, but in this show, it's not that at all. He's definitely a. So it's kind of hard to take him seriously. Like, I get he, he was it. a villain in whatever that shit Tomb Raider, at least if a Kanda movie was. Well, and I was oh, yeah. also found him very he's hard to He's nothing like that. Yeah. This thing, they start, you could, they, they, the very first episode, they, they meet each other after years and they shake hands. They're friends, they're old friends. And then they become this nemesis kind of thing where they hate each other and then they try and take each other out, but then they become friends again. It's that kind of a shit all the right. way through the show. Okay. So, yeah, Justified is pro- yeah, it's definitely one of the New best New list absolutely had to be. Absolutely love it. But I understand that most people would go, huh? No, I don't know. Most people would. I, I think this has its real fans. I, I think all these shows will have their real fans. I've seen it all the yeah. way through three times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Only one show on my list can make the claim I've watched it the whole thing more than once. Really? Yeah. I've watched Ooh. aspects of other ones more than once, but okay. the whole way, we'll get to it. Make sure you tell me when it is. My number five can be best summarized by one quote. Pretty Damn it, Chloe. Oh, you, uh, 24. 24. Is I was wondering if you would do this because 24, when it, I, I almost had this because I didn't, I didn't complete, continue to watch it like you did. But when it was good, it was fucking good. I would argue, even when it wasn't great, it was still good. Because the premise of the show, this timeline kind of keeping it to 24 hours, and mm-hmm. at least in the early seasons, 24, most of the seasons, 24 episodes then, mm-hmm. which were in keeping with broadcast television in the early 2000s. Yeah. That's the way it kind of worked. That there were 22 episodes. Ah, we'll just expand it by a couple of hours. Keep us Sullen, fucking revelation is Jack Bauer. Man, the story about this is apparently that during these years, Keith Sutherland worked harder than anyone because oh. he was in every scene yes. for 24 episodes for every year. Just about. It wasn't in every scene, but most of them. Practically. It's yeah. about Jack Bauer, right? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, and you had to sort of suspend your disbelief because he never crapped nor, sh- nor pissed. But apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> he shut off screen and he did it fucking with well, a like snarl. I say, he very rarely was off screen as, as, as per your point. <laughs> but yeah, the that concept of there's this timeline that adds this uh, this sense of tension which grows and grows Ooh, as you're tick, building tick, towards tick, 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 it. Yeah. The way they structured it so that, you know, he did shit and piss because it happened in the three or four minutes that were your way for adverts. <laughs> That's the crime. More power to him for being able to shit in time at that well. Time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but what a great idea for a show. I think just the tension Agreed. rides through. And the show was brave enough to kill off characters left, right, and center. So you... As per Paul's favor? Yes, that is my absolute jam because I want to know in a, in a thriller show like this, in an action show like this, I want to know characters are in jeopardy unlike, well, let's say Stranger Things where everyone who's a major character can just bounce through things. No worries at all. Oh, some motherfuckers died. But not a lot but of them. But no, none of the main characters, not even close to the main characters. Yeah, it was people they introduced that season yes. they got capped. Yeah, yeah one yeah. one character dies per season that they introduced basically from season two onwards. Yeah, yeah. It's lame. I'm sorry, it is. And that will always drag that show down for me. It doesn't have stakes. So I can be pretty confident. Maybe the final season will add something in that regard. You know what? I got to say, just since we mentioned it, Stranger Things, it's not on my list, no, and not clearly on my, not on yours, no. but it's. Uh, I think it's objectively one of the better shows out there. Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. It just needs to have some balls. Yeah, for Paul. Yeah. Uh, come on. Don't. You can't. I think of the whole 
Serenity, killing off a major character in a t- after a TV show. Firefly's not on my list, although it's in my top twenty. Me too's not on my list, but that was but they killed off the they killed him off in the movie, not in the show. Well, that's what I'm saying, but that, yeah. how much did that last twenty minutes, half an hour, of that film get elevated? Oh, shut my pants. Because you're like, shut they're going to kill everyone here. Oh my god, what the mm-hmm. fuck are they doing? This is how they're going to end it. Yeah, that's what makes that film great. But yeah, yeah, puts it's it only one the, of the things. Puts it over the top from a good to great. Okay, and fair I enough. Honestly, believe when you have tension. And you care enough about a character, you really want them to live because mm. you're concerned that they won't. That's what elevates a show. Yeah, that's what gets it into uh, in a show like that. Not in a comedy, obviously, but I'm talking about in that kind of dramatic kind of action thriller fantasy show. Yeah. Well, with 24, when they had, because um, they, I know that they'd however many seasons where it was 24 episodes, yeah, seven or eight. Then they came back with a special, which was like more yep. like a movie or something. Eight episodes or whatever. Yeah, it was. episodes. Yeah. And then they did a, another reboot where they had. A young African American actor, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I, yeah, he took I over from Jack, really, and Corey Hawkins or Corey something like. I think he was in the Straight Outta Compton movie. Well, you know the I can't remember what years this ran between, but I know nine eleven was in there and the smack in the middle of it. Right? Uh, no, not in the middle of it. Actually, it started the year after nine eleven. I'm You're, pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. So I remember them go uh, just people talking about it. it's like I need to get Jack Bauer up on these motherfuckers like that it was, became like a thing and I think it was the perfect time for a Jack Bauer to be the hero that America needed in the CIA and doing this kind of shit and then you have like movies like Homeland and whatever and this and that but that's why I, I remember throwing in because I wanted him to win so I get it yeah and it, uh, just to confirm that yeah, it kicked off right after 9-11, 2001, November 6, 2001. Right after. And the original so it was in ran, development before. Yeah, yeah, it was being filmed before. And it ran until May 24, 2010, and the revival was in uh, 2014, followed by a couple of those legacy kind of shows. Remember Jack Bauer was sometimes put in positions where he had to kill innocent people? Yes. And he did it. Well, he did it because it was that or, 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 or the whole or country the whole thing. would exactly. be bombed off or blown up. Yeah, Which like, is why you The moral quandaries, oh, the, yeah. the full-on... Like I said, this show pushed it right to the limit. And it has one of my favorite supporting characters of all time as well, Tony Almeida. So that's another reason. You I like love, Tony? Yeah, Tony, Tony was absolutely When he was favorite. the bad guy, how were those episodes? Yeah, even then. Yeah. Because he had... A little bit like you were describing earlier on, I can't remember which character it was in relation to, mm. you kind of throw in a little bit with him, you understood why he, he was burnt by his country, and so he's like, fuck this shit. Mm. I mean, he shouldn't be killing innocent people, you're not behind that, but you still want Jack to win. Yeah. But he kind of got his rationale, like yeah. his girlfriend was killed, his wife was killed, his family was killed, and it was largely because his country abandoned him, so mm. yeah. CIA, that's how it is. All right. All right, peeps, my number five is, yeah, it's on here, Seinfeld. Yeah, I couldn't make room for it. Most. I understand completely because this is more my jam than yours. Yep. But, but I will good tell show. you, great show. You know what is actually the thing that? Because I'll tell you straight up, Friends isn't on my list. This wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. You're mocking me, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. Fuck you. Holy shit. Yeah, Friends isn't on my list because Friends. If I had to pick one of these comedies, because my two staple comedies are Friends and Seinfeld. Yeah. And so I thought they both been on the list. Well, Friends is. The reason Friends is good is because young people now are still into Friends, even though all the jokes are out of date. Matthew Perry's talking about Who's Company, Three's Company and stuff. Matthew Perry's shit on Keanu Reeves. Stop that shit. Did he? Stop it in his new book. I heard a story like that. He's talking, yeah. calling him a bad actor. Yeah. No, but okay. I mean, no, no, he was saying like, and this person died, yet Keanu Reeves still walks among us. No, he's saying that uh, River Phoenix died, yet Keanu Reeves walks among yes. us. He's saying that Keanu Reeves uh, is not a, the actor River Phoenix is, is what he's saying. Still. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, no, don't say that, Matthew Perry. Okay. But like, that's not. Bad. It's something about friends, not Matthew Perry. It's not a funny joke. Uh, no, it's, it's not. not. A funny joke. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves. He You're... fucked himself up there. Yep. Must be the drugs. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but that's why Friends is good. But the reason Seinfeld is good is because 
it's the actual humor in this, apart from being timeless, is funny in a way that is almost like surreal to me. For example, Kramer, right? I don't know. You can't, you know, Michael Richards had his bad problems and everything. He fucked it up. But yeah, sure. there's an episode where he's pretending to be like undercover and talk to this accountant who they think is on drugs. And he's like in a bar, he's got glasses on and he's got a beer and he's got a cigarette. And he's like, here's to feeling good all the time. And he's got a cigarette in his mouth and he drains the entire <laughs> beer while he's smoking the cigarette and he's puffing on it, which I don't even know how he did. And I'm looking at it going, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> because it's like no. amazing. Master and of my domain is the funniest fucking Master, thing. Dude, that episode, when that episode came out, I remember saying to Paul, Paul, there's a Seinfeld episode this is like after school, everyone, where yeah. we had not yet admitted to anyone that we jerked off because it was not a thing. And now it's like, you know, conversation. How many oh, times jerked off last week? Dude, now it's well, like, uh, check uh, out this photograph. Hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I was like, there's an episode of Seinfeld where they talk about jerking off openly. And Paul said, I know, and it was so funny. And it legitimized jerking off to us. I'm right? out. I'm out. Oh, my God. Pure class. And, and that's the thing about Seinfeld. If I can yeah, jump yeah, in yeah, here to, to defend, not defend, to endorse one of your choices. It's still a cultural, cultural? <laughs> Cultural. Cultural <laughs> touchstone. People still will make references. Young people will still make Again. Seinfeld references. Absolutely. In a way like, you know, step off, George, and step I'm off. down for that. And like, it totally just, down. it touched the, I think, the cultural zeitgeist so much in so many different ways. And you've absorbed it, maybe not you specifically, listener, but yeah. we certainly did absorb it into our, into our group culture where it's just, to this day, it's still a thing that we will still reference in terms of quotes and whatever. And I think that's Seinfeld's enduring greatness. Is Absolutely. Somehow found that exact kind of moment or those things that spoke, I guess now, for almost 30 years. Yes. And people at work talk about the Penske file sometimes. Like, I've heard that happen recently. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're working on the Penske file, you fucking slacker. Um, and even like the... <laughs> Cal Varnson and I'm, you know, there's these stupid jokes that they made where they had alter egos and you just got it somehow. This is amazing writing. And I'll tell you straight up, the genius behind this thing is Larry David. It ain't Jerry Feinfeld. All right. Okay. Because Kirby Enthusiasm has... Show I never got into. It's a whole different thing because it's so cheap looking, but then it's like, it's actually amazing how you just, you're watching Larry David's kind of uh, paranoia. On he's literally in the show, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's the lead, right? right. So, uh, and that's a whole different story again. But um, yeah, Seinfeld itself is. I gotta give it the nod over Friends just because oh, of I would the give skill it level involved. Friends. Yeah. So uh, yeah, big fan and master of domain. Like just I said, still stunned that Friends isn't there somewhere. What was your number ten? My number ten was uh, fucking X Files. Mm. Which one do you watch more? Oh, fucking friends. That's what I'm saying. But that doesn't mean but the list goes more. that way. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. So there you are. All right. My number four, this might be our first crossover. I don't know. <laughs> I reckon we might have two crossovers. This on this heavy end of the list, is. I, I imagine there'll be quite a few. My number four is a show we've banged on a lot about. It's largely existed in the timeline of the podcast. It's premiered just before the podcast started and, mm -hmm. and ended mm -hmm. not that long ago. We literally just a couple of weeks back did the prequel, another review of the prequel show. I'm talking Game of Thrones. That's my number four too. Hey, of course it is. Of course it is. Please tell us about Game of Thrones, Paul. Game of Thrones, how do I describe this? So in my mind, there are, have been three things I said were the most filmable things I'd read. Mm. And someone needed to make these into into reality. Yeah. And two of the three have been done. The last was a it was a short story which I won't even go into. But the first was the Mist. Stephen mm -hmm. Stephen mm -hmm. King's novella. 
And then George R. R. Martin's first three books, which at this stage I was saying these things in this Song of Ice and Fire series. And Benisov and Weiss, for the first, when they were staying with the course of the books, did such an incredible job of making the most famous show in the world by, I would say, season three. Mm. It was water cooler worthy. It was excitement worthy. It was avoid fucking news.com.au worthy because they would publish fucking spoilers in titles of articles that were on there. Dude, I put this to you. As much as Seinfeld touched the zeitgeist, nothing did as much as Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was absolutely incredible. And I, in some ways... It's four on your list as well, and you. I don't think you read the books before you got to that point. Uh, no, what had happened? Did you know is, where the red wedding was? Did you know what was going to happen at that point? Uh, yes, I did. But so here's you what got happened: into the books after before you told that. me about the books for years. Yeah. I never listened no, to no, you. Of course not. You don't read books. I get it. No, but then I saw the first season and I said I'm going to read all the books, and I did before the second season started. Every one of the books right, that okay. were available. So then you were ready. So yep. I was, and I was sitting there next to my then girlfriend yep. when the red wedding. I was like just looking at her, looking exactly at exactly what I did her. with my then girlfriend. Exactly right. It was such a thing. So and she was. And I'm like, yeah! So, like, for some reason, it was my victory. That too. is a moment that will go down in TV infamy. It, they, remember the reaction videos on YouTube oh at the time? Oh my God, people were people losing were their mind. It was in, and that's why this is the tits, Paul, because I was the Game of Thrones broker at my work at one stage. Because like, <laughs> people wanted a downloaded copy, which I never did. So... <laughs> Conceivable, <laughs> but uh, and that's the thing though. There was, but of the people you like, you know, you know, today you're like, oh, hey, do you ever watch whatever? Some and there'll be a spattering of people who watch it, mm-hmm. and you find kinship with them. Game of Thrones, most people watched it. Most yeah. people watched no, it. I would right? agree. And then it was were, odd to find someone though. Yeah, and then too violent, were, too much sex for me. Okay. Yeah, right. they'd pride themselves on it, and then you would. Yeah, judge we it. can't be friends. Exactly. Yep. So that was it. And let's talk about the fact that it fucked up. Yeah, look, this would be higher on the list. Had the final season not been a final season and been three final seasons and they stretched it out and made it all worthwhile and whatever else and not just chased the dollars from fucking Disney, mm. then this show could have been and probably would have been the greatest show of all time. Easily because for, how was it, eight seasons? The eight seasons were fucked up. Okay, so for seven seasons, and frankly, Paul, this is unpopular, but the first few episodes of the eight season I loved as well. After Arya fucking, you know. Arya, with, yes. Arya. After after she fucking took out the Night King, spoilers. Um, <laughs> uh, if you haven't watched fucking Game of Thrones yet, then exactly come on. right. But that was the thing. Like after that happened, then it started going downhill. Once the Daenerys thing, I Basically, think the Daenerys fucking shit. I think that episode is where it started going downhill because instead of again, this is a product of rushing it. Instead of the the threat of the undead army, the White Walkers being really fulfilled, it'd been built up for seven fucking years. It was over in three episodes. Yeah, but... Ludicrous. But it wasn't really, because, like, the idea that... Oh, but wait, it's... Cersei's a bigger bad guy than the White Walkers. No, she's not. And, oh, wait, but this person who you've been following all along takes an evil turn. Well, not- that all happened afterwards, though. Right? Yeah, but I'm saying, not as important yeah, as Yeah, all of that turned all to shit. All that shit should have been, to my mind, I don't know what Martin's going to do, should he ever publish his next fucking book... Mm. But I think he's got it. That's the wrong order. The way she shouldn't have played out. All that shit should have played out. Yeah, fair. And then it should have been, to my mind, the dead versus the living and the surviving living come together. Boom. But that's your. But you like that type of thing. So it was. I think that if the the humans ended up, don't get me wrong, it fucked up at the end, right? But if you took out the White Walkers and then it's like, oh, now it actually is the Game of Thrones as opposed to the game of fucking zombies. I don't care. Yes, I don't care who. Thinks they're a bigger bad guy than the Night King. No one is as big a... No one can raise the fucking dead by clicking their fingers. 
But is not the human conflict the more interesting aspect of the actual not, like narrative? Not in terms of that. Like again, it's not a bigger that threat. all could have played out for the first part of the season, and we could have had all those other bits, which again were too rushed and shouldn't be in the way they I were. I admit, if they had come together all yes. of the, at the end to fight the Night yes. King, the common enemy, yes. it would have been cooler. However, that's your final two episodes. Boom, damn. And well, then, I, and then you, you big stab. And did now, you, did you think though that Jon Snow would be the guy to take out the Night King? But it turned out to be Arya, and that was a kind of cool twist. I don't know. I that mean, didn't bother me. That didn't yeah. bother me. What bothered me is how easily he went down. He caught her fucking hand, then she did the cool knife flip. Come on, baby! Come on, baby! Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're shitting on something we're trying to, we're trying to yes, talk about. Yes, you're up. right, you're right, right. So anyway, so anyway, but but Game of Thrones was the best show on TV for seven years, man. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Eight well, the eighth season was when it stopped being the best show on TV because of fucked they up. Did, they, didn't they break out the final season into two years? Oh, good call. Okay, whatever it was. For the year, for the seasons that it was active and not shit, yeah, either, yeah, for a lot of time. It was the tits. And I organized the Game of Thrones watching party at my work on the big screen. That's how big that yeah, shit went. That is the kind of thing that it you inspired. Know? So. I mean, forget about it. So yeah, Game of Thrones number four for you and for me. So we're back to you on number Thanks three. Number three, then. Okay, so here is a show which is lauded by most as being the top three shows of all time. Mm-hmm. It is a show that I organized a watch party for, if you want to go down that track, for you and your then-girlfriend and me and my then-girlfriend. Hmm. And we watched the finale together. Oh, yeah. Because we built up to it again. I think this one was over six years. The final season, I think was season five, was split into two. And it's gone on to spawn a show which many people say this, yeah. is as good as the original, which, but I couldn't get past the first season. Okay. I'm talking Breaking Bad. Of course you are. And that's slow. <laughs> Uh, so is it two or one on Wayne's list? We uh, shall find. We shall see. Uh, but absolutely. How about, how about the game? It's high on your list. Tell us, Wayne. All right. So Breaking Bad, everyone. I'm sure everyone's talked about this and everyone knows what it is. But obviously, it's about high school teacher Walter White, who uh, has unfortunately uh, has a, a terminal disease and he decides to provide for his family. He's going to use his chemical expertise to cook meth, but to cook a better product than anyone else. And it is essentially the study. Brian Cranston actually calls this a study of change. Yeah, that's I like what he that. calls good. this. And so I think that no series before or since has taken better advantage of, of a medium's ability to track a character's journey over a long period of time mm-hmm. because the guy he is at the end and the guy he is at the beginning are such different people, but you're with him the whole time and you're kind of with him most of the time. As in, you understand why he does the thing he does. I think that... He does eventually break bad. It does eventually go too far. He does, but by then you're just watching for spectacle because you're like, what's he going to do now? You know, I think the, the, the season... Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Or, the, or the, the element where he seems to turn evil, everyone says, is when he poisoned the boy. Yep. Right? And I... It's, this is a funny thing. Even when he... Um, Allowed Kristen Ritter or whatever. I was her gonna name say, is. Yeah, that was probably the moment for me. Really, for me, it's like she was trying to blackmail him. Fuck her. <laughs> I know, I know. We we talk about this a lot. Um, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> At least that was him sort of defending himself a bit. But the other, the boy thing was just uh, he was an innocent. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what probably gets me about this show and the reason it's higher on my list is that this is the most pronounced example of me turning up late and tired at work because I kept on watching the show. Right. I couldn't yeah, put yeah. it down. And I started watching it when it was season four in real time. Like, Okay, you were late to the party. Yeah, and I remember Paul said to me, you're lucky that you get to watch four seasons and binge it because when you have to wait a year between the, you know, and season four was the fucking tits. Season right? four was where it peaked. That was but, the but season four. five, wholly satisfying. Absolutely, no, the it whole thing was... everything up. Like Vince Gilligan, Gilliam, Gilligan, Gilligan yep. 
you cannot knock. He had a plan and he stuck to it and it feels it. The hardest yards in this show are the first season. I don't think the first season is that good. I actually think the first couple seasons... Uh, season two had a lot going for it. Yeah, it started getting good in but season two. every season got better than the last. Season five was a slight drop down below season four, but probably still better than season three. So yeah. that's very satisfying, as opposed to Game of Thrones, which is like, you know, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up you know, drop off a little bit and then plummet to the depths. Yes. That's why Breaking Bad is so good. I, and I guess I need to keep that in mind when I think about Better Call Saul, because the first season is average. Everyone, A-F. I know a couple of people who say, I'm going to die on this hill. Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. And I went, whoa. Extremely hard to believe. Especially I know. On the ba- better Call Saul's first season is 10 or 12 episodes. Can't remember. Breaking Bad is a six. And I know we're talking basic mm. numbers here, but it's easier to consume six hours than it is to consume 10 to 12. It's a bigger ass. It's a lot bigger ass. It is a lot bigger. I've got a friend who she started watching Breaking Bad and she came to me and she said, I'm going to stop watching this. And I went, wait, where are you at? She goes, season one. I said, you've got to push through. She goes, I'll give you three episodes of season two. She came back. She goes, I'm not there. I'm like, okay. just let it go to like okay. the end of season right. two. No, no, she got a red hot go. Yeah, on she on. backed out. And that's the problem with it. It's like, damn it. You know, because um, it's about to get so good. Yeah, as I do her, you know? She'll never know. That's I okay. know, I know. And it's like a tough one. So that's and the, I, the good thing about her not knowing is she'll never regret it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same with me and Better Call Saul. Because I saw, I think, I didn't think I see the whole first season, but I saw a lot of the first so season. So boring. But anyway, yeah. Breaking Bad is incredible television. Brian Cranston is a fucking revelation. Absolutely. He might be the greatest TV actor of this generation. Oh, absolutely. And I say TV not in a derogatory way because I think, in fact, maybe he's the greatest actor of this generation. I don't know. He says he hasn't trans- transformed, transcribed, transported his success onto the big screen in the way that he did here. He owns this show. Oh, Everyone's good in it. There's not a bad player. There's not a bad actor. And obviously, um, Bob Odenkirk goes great. Yep, yep. And Skylar is great. And RJ Mitty. I, I can't think of Skylar's name. Uh, that chick. Man, I didn't like her. Um, but you weren't really meant to. So I'm saying she's very, very good. I agree. I agree. Everyone um, is excellent in this show. The bad guys, villains. Giancarlo Esposito has built his entire career off this show, playing a menacing bad guy. Which is why it's very weird that Aaron Paul kind of went nowhere. He he did that Need for nah, Speed show. He's been in Westworld for a couple of seasons. Has and he? Yeah, unfortunately, Westworld just got cancelled before its final fifth season. So, you know, he's not disappeared into nothingness. But what's Brian Cranston been doing apart from that fucking terrible fucking film where he's the dad and doesn't approve of James Franco or whatever as the, as the son? <laughs> I think he was in Robocop, the remake, I think. I could be wrong. But he's not been in fuck all lately. Oh, no, he was in some show about being a judge and his son. Is some shit. Okay. Yeah. This is the thing, though. By the time that, you know, you're at the end, you're getting paid so I know, I know. It's just a different but thing. But I just think he is... Like that's the Malcolm in the Middle guy, the kind of doing fuck all. In if that you watch show. Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle, he was the best thing about that show. I'm not saying he's not. I'm yeah. just I didn't get into it that hard. But mm. he's three, in Seinfeld. The he episodes in I've seen of that show, yeah. it's just the potential. It's good, but he's Breaking Bad's another level. Absolutely, I've heard a story that the reason he's so good in Breaking Bad is that he had zero ego. Like he, yeah. uh, uh, Vince Gilligan said that I would say to him. What do you think about this? Uh, you know, are you going to be in your tidy whiteies or are you go, you know in the early episodes where he's got no pants? And he goes, "What's, what's more, more ridiculous?" Yeah. And he said, "The tidy whiteies." Well, that's the thing then. That's all we're going to do. You know, it wasn't about him; fantastic. it was about the show. Absolutely fantastic. So yeah, Brian Cranston, amazing. Breaking Bad, amazing. Glad it's going to be higher on your list. So I guess we'll see just how high. What's your number three? Nice one. My number three, I'm guessing, is on your list too because you convinced me to watch this show, The Wire. 
No. Not on your list. I I I, I understand because the, the Wire for a long time. I imagine. Yeah, was considered the best TV show ever. That and Breaking Bad. It's always it was one of those always two. a back and forth, right? So it's about um, essentially. Well, this is why it's interesting. It was the first of its kind. It is about the Baltimore police scene, and for most of the seasons, Jimmy uh, is the is the main character and Bunk, you know. Yep. But then for like episode, for season three, he takes a total backseat and it becomes about the wharfs. Was season three? Okay, one of the seasons. Season one is, as you say, mostly about the cops against the the drugs. Yes. Going that way, the dealers and the whatever That's else. That's right. Season two. Can't season remember. two. I'm trying to remember what season two was about. I know three. Maybe that was, was a wolf. No, three was three was the school. No, or three four. was city hall. Four was the school. Four was the school. Five was the newspapers. The media. That's right. That's right. One of those. That combination. That's the way that kind of David Simon and Co. constructed the show was to go. Well, we're gonna. It's gonna be like a book. Each series is mm-hmm. like a, a season. It's a book in a in a in an overall series. Yep. And there's characters that permeate throughout. Yep. But like McNulty, as you said. Yep. And bunk, but they're not always the main focus. Agreed, and that's why I, bell, I was surprised. Ring a bell, even Idris Elba. This is where he came to totally, to and I totally didn't know he was English, so he's a very good actor. I was thumbing and eyeing about putting it on here, much like yourself, possibly. And I started watching it like two uh, about a week ago. I just Draw started, you in? Yeah, I was sitting there going. Awesome. I just put it in. I was like, I'm just slapping like to season one. I'll just throw in a few of these episodes, and I was like, this is such a watchable show, even though. As I said, nothing. It's one of those like slow, slow it's burn. Slow burn, but the characters are so absorbing, and the people in it are so are doing such a good job, and the writing is so good that it surprises you when it needs to surprise you. Like I always talk about this episode where uh, McDonald and fuck. Buck, fuck, 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 right? That there was such an unexpected pleasure to watch in a show like this because it was otherwise, the first season from Vague Memory. I think so, yeah, I can't remember now. Uh, but it was it just felt honest and raw because of the way that it's paced. Um, because of the way that things go, take a long time to get there. I didn't even realize Michael B. Jordan was in it. Is he? Yeah, he's like one of the young, one of the young kids. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Um, So I mean, it's. um, I I would actually hesitate to recommend this to people because of that very reason. It was so long ago, and it was so like, was it two thousand and two to two thousand and eight? It's actually filmed in that. You know, it looks like an old film. It looks like an old show because of the way it's filmed and stuff and all the filters that they use this is one of the shows that, that ushered in the new era the golden era of television we're agree. now enjoying agree completely so it's one of those things where it's like you know you should watch it if it's if you like like these slow burn cop dramas of which there weren't many at the time or any well they, they did used to be there was fucking sit elsewhere oh no sorry. no what's it called nypd blue nypd and blue, shit like right. that but that was all kind of case of the week and the characters follow through this is the the narrative thrust follows through Really, all five seasons, but because the characters are still doing their thing, but then we're just adding in another layer to the proceedings. That's true, and nothing had ever been done like that before, as far as I'm aware. Well, I loved NYPD Blue, and but I remember I actually backed off on season five of this. I I jumped out of it, and you said, "Dude, you got to watch season five. And I said, "Why?" And he said, "And you said, because it brings everything together. Yep. It actually wraps up really well, and it does. It's like, oh, this again, you know, and it's very very cool like, in terms of what it got done." Um, yeah, the wire is the shit, everyone. It's it is good, but if you don't see it now and just choose to move on with the more modern ones, I get it because it's not that it's it, it could lose you. Well, that's that's the same with anything. But it could lose you based on some other things that you see around here, like it, yeah, like you that's know, the same thing. yeah, the greatest show of the two thousands is not going to. 
touch the modern sensibility that exactly. the way a show in 2022 will. Yeah, it's because of a brown groundbreakingness. Yeah, this shouldn't have worked for me, but it did, and I guess that's why I'm impressed. All right, very nice choice there. My number two is the only show I've ever watched more than once from beginning to end. It is the greatest comedy, to my mind, that's ever been made. It is a show I delight in. That I, so much so, I don't do this. I don't listen to big podcasts. I don't. Mm. I'm on the indie podcast train. I listen to my contemporaries, our mm-hmm. friends that we've made through the podcast and mm-hmm. seeing. That's where I spend all my time listening to podcasts. The the you know two peas on a pods and Netflix and Swills and the epic film guys mm-hmm. and and all you know the, the contrarians and, and and the cinema guys and all that kind of stuff and if I haven't mentioned you I'm really oh, so wizard of course fans of Detroit I'll, I'll stop I'll stop now you you all uh, you know what you I know who you show because I fucking tell you about it but if I don't it just means I should have and I and I do <laughs> you're still talking about it. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> But this is the one big name podcast I went back and listened to because the stars came back together and started working their way through every episode. I'm like, it's like watching it for the third fucking time. Oh, fuck, to these I know guys. what it is. Of course it's it is. Scrubs. Yeah, of course it's Scrubs. Yep, it yep, is yep. Scrubs. It is fucking Well, this is high, y'all. I know, but I can't deny no comedy show has touched me in the way that I want to be touched. There you go. As much as this show has. JD and Turk's Adventures, fucking Dr. Cox, Dr. Kelso, Carla... And Elliot, or every one of these characters is so brilliantly realized, and they're back and forth, they're comedy. There's not one episode of this show I haven't laughed out loud by myself watching. Really? This show, arguably, and I'm going to be a little bit fucking. Highfalutin? No, 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 no. Superlative? No. Be, yeah, superlative. I'm going to be a little bit uh, over the top here, I'm a little bit histrionic when sure, I say this. Sure. This show, when I was in the darkest point in my life, mm, mm was there for me. I understand this. When you've got a comfort show that actively brings you warmth when you are absolutely fucked over and you're kind of contemplating how fucked life can be, that's not that's going to imprint itself on your heart. I started watching this show around the time, I guess it was maybe season four it was into. Yep. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm just going to say that yeah. was about it. So it was 22 episodes per season, give or take. So when I got into it, it was late, a little bit like you described earlier on with Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I started to bank this shit like, oh, I've only like got, I wanted to do with Thirty Rocks. I've only got like twenty episodes left. I, I'm I'm gonna Meet sort of ration myself now because this show is so amazing. I could have said I'll go back and watch it from the start, but it's not the same. Two thousand one to two thousand and ten, and I got into this show circa two thousand and five. When did you start being a shrink? Oh, I started studying it in oh, early nineties, late nineties. Mid nineties, I started studying it. Yeah. Okay, I was wondering if it had anything to do with your no, going into the health no. field. Go on, but go on. I was like I said. In a not great place, mid two thousands, sure. And this show was my not just comfort; it was my savior. Really, I cannot speak enough to to laugh when you're in the in the lowest ebb of your life. Is oh, it's actually like a special. It's a lifeline, like, and it's um literally sometimes. Uh, I this is I'm sure if you're listening to this show, you know what it's like to be a nerd on this level, where your art or the art you appreciate it can save you. And then I met my. Then girlfriend, now wife, mm-hmm. and we moved in together. And I said, "Let's watch this show." She's like, "Yeah." And a few episodes in, she was in, and we watched the whole thing together. Again and to, you and married to, her right in the ass. And to go, <laughs> fucking showed her. <laughs> <laughs> no, like she was totally in as well. Oh, when you find someone who loves what you love, yes, it makes you love it more. I get it. I, can't, I get it. Like a Maybe she's just watching it because of how much pleasure I was taking out of watching her watch it. I don't know. Hey, but, whatever, man. Yeah. Quit looking at the gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. So I and get it. why Scrubs is my number two. Yeah, I totally get it, man. Look, it is a great show. And it's some people, of the humor People seem it. to hate Zach Braff. 
it's, it's become in vogue to hate him because he, he did a Kickstarter for one of his movies and he shouldn't have needed to and he, he got together with Florence Pugh who's uh, people so much hate younger people for no reason you would, hate, you would not understand that at all Wayne <laughs> and um, uh, look I don't know but like, I know that he's a couple um, all of that aside uh, his persona slash what he did with this and what they did with him I guess so Bill Lawrence is still the shit right oh Bill Lawrence I should we sorry thank you very yeah, much yeah. for mentioning his name incredible incredible, incredible showrunner creator yeah. yeah so I mean uh, but the the gags in this were almost comforting in how almost obvious but executed really well like they were so I, I dig that and then, and then it was so good that it managed to really hit your heartstrings at times like that whole fucking Brendan Fraser story arc yeah I forgot about Holy Brandon Fraser. shirt. Because yeah, it was a surprise. It just pulled powerful. the rug out of you at the end. Yeah. yeah. No, all well right. Done. Scrubs, my number two TV okay. show of all time. My number two almost wasn't going on my list. And then I started thinking about it and reading about it. And I went, no, you know what? It has to happen. It's The Sopranos. Yeah. Didn't, not even in my top Not one. even in top of it? Okay. Everyone, The I'll, Sopranos. And I'll give you my one simple explanation. I watched every episode of the show. I enjoyed it. It's good. The therapy scenes are fucking shit. That, I knew that it wouldn't be on your list for that reason because Paul said this very. I remember you telling me this. You never put position yourself. Uh, you never position the client between you and the door. Not when they're a fucking dangerous mob boss that you know who they yes. are. No, yeah. look, it's not just that. the The way they wrote those therapy scenes, I'm not sure what. Uh, why can't I think of the guy's name who created the show? David Milch. David Milch and no, Co- oh, no, no, it's not David. I have no idea what his name is. David Milch was fucking Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> David Chase. David Chase and his co-writers are thinking, but they should have had a proper fucking therapist come in and help write those scenes. You know what? If I was garbage, yeah. If I knew it was wrong, absolutely fine. So, but let's let's go yeah. for actual. So, so I'll just explain why it's not. Yeah, most. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Why do you? Okay, love it? so let me tell you a story uh, about the Sopranos. Picture it, Paul. <laughs> Sicily. Sicily. Two thousand. Set me up for a joke. I get a mouthful yeah, of beer. Yeah, sorry about that. Come. <laughs> Uh, 2004, a then youngish Wayne Ruzu was sitting alone in his little townhouse uh, watching The Sopranos on his CRT television. And full disclosure, there's a chance I may have been slightly baked. Not sure. Um, <laughs> strong, chance. strong chance. Strong chance. But it was the spoilers, everyone. The episode called Long Term Parking, the murder of a certain female cast member who was very important in the show and was rubbed out because she was an informant. Uh, yep. Now... I was watching the show, and first of all, I loved the show, and I watched it every time it was on TV, and that was fine. It was very much appointment viewing for me. I was sitting there alone in the apartment, watching it. Yes! Slightly <laughs> baked. <laughs> but um, I can now confirm. <laughs> <laughs> but I was watching it, and the way that this scene plays out is that literally the character... Oh, fuck, I'll just say it. It's, it's, it's Adriana. She gets, if you haven't watched The Fucking Sopranos by yeah, now, yeah. you don't give a shit. Exactly. She is like, uh, you know, basically called by Tony and it's like, oh my God, you know, she's been informing on them and stuff. And he's like, oh, Syl's going to come and pick you up. Your boyfriend, Christopher, has had an accident. And she sits in the car and she's, and the way it's filmed is that she's just looking out the window. She's looking at the city go by and Syl is driving her. And I was like, dude, dude, and I got lost in her head. I was looking also at the scenery and this and that. And all of a sudden the scenery turns into a woods, turns into the, the forest. And then I'm like, what's that? What's that? What's that? And then the car stops and she turns around and she's in the middle of nowhere in a forest. And she realizes she's about to get killed. And I went, holy shit. And I Mm. crap my pants. Syl comes out. Come on, come on. He's pulling her out. She's crying. He's dragging her along. And then as she runs away, you see him pull the gun. And the the camera just zooms up into the trees as you hear gunshot rounds. And I was like, 
I've never been so moved by a thing like okay. I yep. just shat my pants. I'm like, oh my god, because I didn't see it coming. So that's just a version of this show being. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a slow burn as it gets mm. because it just moves from mostly mostly drama and then these short little like kaboom kaboom. Oh my god, this happened. This happened. This happened. And I think that why it was good was that we talk about shows like Deadwood and so on being the slow burn starters and this and that. But The Sopranos endured in a way where at the end of it, I felt so much for the characters that it became like an obsession of mine. And we always talk about the end of the show, which ends with that just you know cut to black. Cut to black. And I do believe that. I think David Mil- uh, David uh, David Chase has now said that <laughs> Tony was in fact rubbed out in that scene. He's actually confirmed it by the guy at the bar. But for me, I believe that he rubbed out the audience because they'd always talked about like, you know, you never hear it coming, you never see it coming, mm-hmm. and we never did. So it was a ballsy way to actually write and end that thing. But overall, the show itself is still very watchable. When they go to Italy or Sicily or no, Sicily, where, na- Naples, that is a really compelling like fucking arc where they just go and they see how bloody horrible the, the, the Napoli fucking you know, mafia are. Mafia are. So yeah, Sopranos is my number two, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, I guess we know what your number one is. Yes, Wayne. you do. So read us out your 10 through two and then confirm your number one. New prob. My number 10 was The X-Files. Nine, Batman the Animated Series. Eight, Veep. Seven, 30 Rock. Eight, Justified. Sorry. Six, Justified. <laughs> Five, Seinfeld. Four, Game of Thrones. Three, The Wire. Two, Sopranos. And number one was Breaking Bad. Breaking Probably. Bad. Great choice there. Your number one, sir. Well played. All right, my then reading back through mine and revealing my number one, which has not been mentioned today. My number 10 was Survivor, 9, Community, 8, Lost, 7, Cheers, 6, Doctor Who, 5, 24, 4, Game of Thrones, 3, Breaking Bad, 2, Scrubs, my number one with a bullet, quite easily, no question asked, the only thing I've ever been so fanatically full on into. I don't know what it is, and then when you say it, you're going to say, okay, of course, what is it? Buffy, the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Best of all time, Paul! Yeah. yeah. Best of all time! Yep. Nothing, Shit on me! Nothing has come close in terms wow. of occupying this space. We talk about appointment television. I was oh, yeah. chasing this shit down. Do you remember when we were teased? I do remember when we were teased. Everyone, please, Paul, so, explain. Okay, so Buffy was sort of 99 through 2006, give or take. I think that's correct. Sure. And no, 97 to 2003. So this must have been circa 2001 or yep, so. Yep. And my girlfriend at the time, she had a friend named TJ. And TJ came, had read something in Entertainment Weekly or some shit or whatever. This is pre-full-on internet days. Yeah, yeah. This is you before the web. Well, and again, to remind media. our North American and our UK listeners and indeed anyone else around the world, things came to Australia very fucking late. Balls late. So they would screen whole seasons of a TV show and then it would arrive in Australia... Usually, like, like I don't know what this. Man, sometimes years later. Well, most but months later. Yeah. So we would have nine months from the premiere of a season of a TV show before it premiered here in Australia, and in that time, articles were starting to proliferate through the internet, and you could read about them. So we re- we knew spoilers. Buffy's mum died. Well, we didn't. Yeah. Teja did. Yes. And Teja dropped that bombshell at a party one night that we were both at, and without warning for spoilers. Oh God. What and then we planned a bitch. We planned her demise and just yeah. didn't go through with it. So <laughs> here we are, more than twenty years later, still te- talking about being teased. We're pissed about it. Yeah, and it's uh, not a, not a good thing. So that's how much I was into the show. That I was ran into her in the street the other day. Devastating. Yeah, I think you remember. This. Yeah, shot not the show. Fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> police pursuing me. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. Worth <laughs> it. <laughs> but look, this show beyond 
the age we were and how hot the characters, the cast were, including fucking Xander as Nicholas Brent, Nicholas Brent and Xander. But yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Charisma Carpenter, fucking Elijah Dusku. This is just like all the young male fantasies are sort of playing out here. We're only slightly older than the characters in this show. That is true. That is true. Yes. Now um, it's all inappropriate. But back then it was like, yeah, beyond all that. No, and no. I know how much now Joss Whedon has been cancelled and whatever else. But, you know, he was a champion at the time for for feminism and, the, and to see powerful female characters and so compelling and awesome. And the love story between her and Angel, which would normally annoy the shit out of me, but when they went down the dark route that they did, that it won me over as well. And then fucking Giles, man. What a character. Spike, when he came in, almost became my favorite. What? How is this show getting better and better the further it goes? And eventually it jumped the shark. Eventually. Did it? Not in a, like, I hate this way. Not in a fucking Walking Dead. I cannot believe how shit this show is kind of way. Yeah. But in a, it's not as good anymore. It's going downhill a bit. But still. Still. I liked it. Well, uh, look, the ending was the uplifting one because Angel 1 ended down. Angel, like, Angel well, ended like, with them all facing the dragon yeah, or whatever. They're yes. all going to die. This one was like, oh, look at the new age of the Slayers and all yep. the Slayers, you know? The power has proliferated through all powerful young women. Blah, Here's blah, blah. the thing. If we weren't the age we were, where high school was still ringing in our ears when we watched this, I don't know that we'd have been as on board. I think what was the... Um, the metaphor for real life in this where Buffy loses her virginity to Angel and then he literally becomes a soulless monster as a result mm-hmm. is very like, you know what I mean? Like if it's yeah, a young girl. The, the, this, a, this was all about puberty. It, it was, was all about, about puberty, yes. right? And so it was, it's quite a potent metaphor, which we never thought about at the time. But only now you're like, oh yeah, I suppose you're right. Very clever. And they, the big bad at the end of each season. I, love, make, I still love that concept of they, a big bad through the season. But they subverted it to make the three nerds the big bad. Mm-hmm. The one, and I was like, what the hell is this? And it was odd. And there was like the initiative. Well, sort of. Then it was, then Willow destroyed the nerds and she was the big bad. But anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And that whole storyline was cool too. Dark AF, Willow became, man. Dark yeah. AF. But Willow became like a cunt. And they killed characters occasionally. And even in the finale, killed a couple of big characters. So Anya died in the final episode. Oh, yeah. Brutally just Emma stabbed. Caulfield. Gone. Yeah, finished. It's like, whoa, this play, this show, they played for keeps in a way that a lot of shows weren't brave enough to. So full credit to Joss Whedon and his writing team. I just have never been as influenced. Got involved in a big Buffy community oh, online. Shit. Paul's first brush with fandom and nerddom was Buffy. He was in a a, a web ring or what do you call it? Web ring. Yeah, was what do you call Online community. Online community. Yeah. These people dressed up. Had there was a, a whole had a relationship thing. with someone through that. Lived on other the country. So, oh, is that where you met her? Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> Paul Brazula fucks everyone. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, I think the word was fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back in the day, back in the dizzy. Yeah. So, All right, Buffy. Yeah. Just yeah. I owned everything. This is in fact. This might have been the one thing that survived the cull. I think I still got DVDs. I think I still got this DVD. Still did. Managed to fight my wife off with a sword. Get back. Get back and away from my DVDs. If there's anything that could be a that could be a a DVD box set, which is in a book, like a vampire book, Mm. like this, this would be it. So there you go. Takes up a fair bit of room on one of our shelves, but uh, there we go. That's the love I have for this show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favorite show of all time. Well done. This is the longest episode in the history of the is universe. It's really long. We're long, aren't we? We are. Right. That's okay. This is the second last in this. Uh, I'm right. sure the new season, the new iteration will be much shorter. Run us down. Just any list of honorables. Sure. Dexter. Larry Sanders show. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Late Night. David Letterman. Watchmen was really good. Mm. Um, Battlestar Galactica was quite good too. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's about it. 
Angel. <laughs> I didn't want to have both of them on my list. Mr. In Between. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> Surprised they didn't turn up. <laughs> the Office. Band of Brothers. The Wire. Ted Lasso could well make this list once it finishes, but I just need to see how it goes yeah, in the final season. That, yep. And Red Dwarf. Ah, there you go. I thought that would turn up too. That's Alice. What about yours? We wrap up every episode of The Countdown with your feedback on the topic at hand in a segment that we call The Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Getting off one of the biggest episodes of the show, at least in terms of the longest. Uh, <laughs> Michael Hill said, Orphan Black Friends. Yeah, I said it. What up? And Gargoyles. Oh, shit. The cartoon? Mm. Interesting. There you go. Jonathan Kidd said, King of the Hill. It only got better with every season. Mm. Justified. Maybe the best casting show has ever had. What's up, my dog? And The Wire. The cheese stands alone. Omar quote. Blomf. Mm. Nice. Josh Ragland, creator of the Countdown podcast. Scavenger Hunt. Sorry, Josh. I do need to go back through my movies I watched this year and see if I can match anything up. Number three, The Office. Even the post-Steve Carell eps. Good mm. call. Parks and Rec at number two. Number yes. one, The Good Place. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Bit of Owen Wilson reaction there for you, Josh. (laughs) Wesley Younger from the Via VHS podcast said, number three, The Crown. Yeah, I said it. Number two, Frasier. Number one, Breaking Bad because I'm basic. (laughs) (laughs) As am I. As am I. Are we, Josh? John Hislander said, MASH. I was wondering if anyone would say MASH. Firefly at number two. And number one, Monty Python's Flying Circus introduced me to absurdist humor and every single episode is something completely different. So quotable and so much fun. That never flew with me. Ooh, damn. Yeah, Flying Circus never. I like the movies, but that. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Chris Sutherland, Page of the Show, said, I think he's Page of the Show. Oh, sorry. If I ever say Page of the Show and you're like, hey, when you read my name out, you don't say that, let me know because I'd like to correct that. And if you're not a patron, yeah, then become one. It, let me, <laughs> become one. If I'm giving you that and you're not, then let us know. Number three, Stargate SG1. Wow, MacGyver. Ooh. MacGyver, yeah. Number two, 12 Monkeys. Number one, Fringe. Shit. So real, PC there's a, fan. There's a real, uh, what's the word? Small yeah, grouping on those darts of, there yeah. for you, Chris. Drew Hallam from the Real Feels podcast. Great show. Do check them out. Number three, Scrubs. Yeah, Drew. Right. Number two, Star Trek. Yes, all of them fight me. All of them? All of them. A little bit cheating, but okay, Drew. Not just okay. TNG. And number okay. one, Golden Girls. Oh, what a legend. <laughs> Picture it. Drew's Drew, TV Drew screen. <laughs> Golden Girls. Uh, William Stolt said number three, Chuck. ba bow bow Damn. Okay. Uh, that's not quite the way it goes. But anyway, number two, Stargate again, SG1, number one, Person of Interest, a show I've never watched. The, uh, Jim Caviezel? I think that is the one. I think one. so, yeah. yeah. Mina Harker, okay. Dan, so number three, Wayona Earp, number two, Orphan Black, number one, Shits Creek, yes. I've heard so much about the show. The never three greatest it. shows of all time are Canadian, he clarified. Ooh. Thank you for that, Dan. B Dizzle from the We Watch the Thing podcast, back, newly minted from Japan. So, uh, but unwell. So, good luck with the battle there. Yeah, sorry, B Diz, hope you're feeling better soon. Number three, he did say the good place, then replace it for the office because he said, oh, while I've been feeling sick, I went to the office of my comfort TV and supplanted the good place. Fair number enough. three, number two, lost. Thank you, B Diz. <laughs> and number one, Wayne, the X Files. What up, dog? Uh? Connell Tobin McNeil's had number three, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, funniest show of all time. I love that show. Number two, Parks and Rec, better for longer, more in-depth characters and smarter humor than The Office. Damn. Wow. And one, Ted Lasso, nothing will ever come close. All of the emotions in one show. Shit. Okay, last few to wrap it up. Mel Walker said, look, I'll read it down the wrong way. Red Dwarf, uh, I discovered in my teens, these tapes followed me when I first left home and when my comfort TV when I couldn't afford cable or movie TV rentals. I've rewatched the first seven seasons at least 20 times. Hot damn. damn. In fact, in fact, you can't handle the I truth. I can't handle the truth. Holy shit. I can't handle the soundboard. <laughs> Go on. 
Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. I think you're just inciting me to press button. Thank you. Uh, Band of Brothers number two from Mel. Just when you think Saving Private Ryan was one of the greatest depictions of World War II on film, Spielberg and Hanks knocked the fucking wall out. Kool-Aid band style and give us Band of Brothers. I don't think it's as good as, as Saving no. Private Ryan, but totally hey. get where you're coming from here. And I do agree. It should be required viewing in high school so people understand what war is. I hmm. nailed it there, Mill. And then her last note was number three. What the fuck, guys? Only three? It's too difficult to pick only one more. So these shall be my honorable mentions, which I'm not going to read because we're here all day, but thank you, Mel. <laughs> you did read every one of your comments, though, so <laughs> you got something. Chris Yeeney, patron to the show, said 24, Batman, the animated series, word. and Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> and the last word goes to Stephen Burns, who said... Number th- one, Supernatural, fantastic show over 15 seasons. You do have a couple of average ones, but I'll be rewatching Sam and Dean until I die. Number two, Futurama, who couldn't love a show that's been cancelled three times now. Great show. And is back again, just can't give a good Like it more down. than The Simpsons, for sure. And number three, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I do love this show, but really, I just want to hear the soundboard. Vindication! Hot damn! Fuck off, cunt face. Time for eat the next dicks, level. Eat some cocks, eat some assholes. <laughs> You're a cunt, you're a cunt, you're a cunt, you're a cunt, cunt, cunt. Pittsburgh, motherfucker, eat some dicks. Thank you for all that, Stephen. That is no, it thank for you for leaving it on a shit list. <laughs> massive, massive episode of The Countdown. The second last in the current iteration of the show, episode 399. Wayne, how listeners get back with, in touch with us with their feedback on the show, this episode, and our choices, or indeed the show more generally. Google the show for our socials. Send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com or look at our website, on a desktop at thecountdownpodcast.com. <laughs> you could go to the Twitter of the Countdown PC, but I'm not sure we'll still be there. Twitter so. will be there. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Otherwise, check us out on Good Pods, a podcasting app where you can sort of give us five-star ratings for per episode and per show and help us rise up the rankings. We Because we got on the, the ground floor, we've been on the sort of high levels for quite some time, but starting to drop just a little bit as other podcast get on there uh and the facebook list community links in the show notes get involved that's where all the conversations happen cool thank you so much for joining us today thank you very much we will finally leave you now <laughs> <laughs> think of me who has to edit this shit now. i know <laughs> poor guy poor guy uh my name is well actually why don't you go first okay my name is paul my name is wayne and this has been the soundboard why haven't we had enough of this laughing that's it, I'm leaving. Sound of my balls going down, everyone. I'm putting this goddamn head mic down. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) Superman. I don't think I need to use this one today, so I'll get it out of my system now. You're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. And the only thing that's going to change is you're going to become an even bigger cunt. Doesn't happen often enough, that one. Uh, I disagree completely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it happens often enough, but I don't acknowledge it often enough. I also disagree. (laughs) 